0: Hello from Bear and Cura, a podcast from the Land of Oz Information Services. This is episode 13 of the Bear and Cura podcast. We're going to talk about personality traits.
1: What are some of the podcasts that you listen to that you would recommend?
0: I like a podcast called Enormous. You've listened to that with me, haven't you? Yes, I have. It's one of the podcasts from Pride 48. It's a couple of guys who are, I'd say, probably about my age, who have the same experiences that I've had as a gay man. That podcast speaks to me. They are not husbands. Each one of them has their own husband, but they're good friends. And it's a podcast that I really like to listen to.
1: Yeah, it's the times that I've listened to it uh, with you, I've liked it quite a bit, actually.
0: I also like a podcast called Pod is My Copilot.
1: Yeah, I like
0: that one quite a bit too. It's which, one of my favorites. Uh, it's a couple of gay guys who really just talk about their lives.
1: Well, you're forgetting about coffee, too.
0: Yes. Yes, so they have a heterosexual woman who is a good friend of theirs and is not afraid to express herself. Not at all. And it's a very good podcast as well. What podcasts do you like to listen to?
1: The ones that I probably would say I listen to the most when I have a chance to are just Sports Talk. Which I, I would really wouldn't say they're podcasts per se in the traditional sense. They're just uh recordings from their radio shows that they they put out through a podcast. But that's about it, I know. So, I mean and then the ones that we listen to in the car.
0: You like to listen to Joe Rogan, don't you?
1: No. No, I haven't listened to Joe Rogan in probably two years, three years.
0: Oh, well, I thought it was something you like to listen to while you fell asleep so that you didn't have to worry about whether you missed something or not.
1: No, I stopped doing that a while back.
0: What okay. is a funny story that your family tells about you that you'd like to share?
1: I don't really have any, to be honest with you. I've, I've been pondering this for quite a bit. I, I I, really... Oh, okay. Here's Here's just one little story. Apparently, when I was a little kid, I'm the firstborn grandchild of the family. And my grandfather and grandmother on my mother's side were very, very strict. However, uh, I guess it was over the holidays when we were up in Collinswood, where my grandparents lived in New Jersey. And uh, my mom came uh, came downstairs from sleeping the night before. And uh, she walked into the kitchen, and my grandfather was feeding me chocolate cake. And my mom about threw a fit. I think I was like two at the time. And my mom obviously had a problem with that. And my grandfather apparently looked at her and said, the boy wanted chocolate cake. The boy gets what the boy wants. <laughs> so I think that's probably one of the funnier stories that they have. So apparently I couldn't do no n- no wrong in, in my grandfather's eyes. And apparently he was quite the disciplinarian to my mom and my aunt.
0: Well, there is a story that your sister shared with me. She sent me a text message. Oh, great. Billy was young, probably about four years old. He was in line at the grocery store with my mom, and there was a black gentleman in front of him checking out. He asked my mom loudly, is he part of the Jackson (laughs) 5?
1: Not one of my prouder moments. (laughs) You
0: remember this?
1: No, I don't. That's funny, though.
0: Well, That's funny. I uh, I talked to my sister on the phone about this, and she brought up like three stories from my youth, and I don't remember any of them. Mm-hmm. Who not, were they? Not, not a one. Obviously, they were quite hilarious to her, but <sighs> I don't remember any of them. There was a fourth story that she told that I did remember. And it involved a vacation in Colorado. I was probably under 10 years old. I said, I have to go to the bathroom. And my mother gave me a roll of toilet paper and said, go out into the woods and (laughs) go to the bathroom. Oh, wow. Well, at some point after I had finished my business, I was holding on to Um, the end of the roll of toilet paper, and uh, the roll itself (laughs) went down the mountain and over the side of the cliff, (laughs) and I was yelling, still holding on to the other end of the toilet paper, and um, everyone thought that I'd had an accident or or something, and they, they came running, and I was Holding on to one end of the roll of toilet paper, and the other end was was way off over the cliff. <laughs> uh, at the time, I didn't think it was so hilarious, but it is it is a story that has been repeated throughout my life.
1: That's too funny.
0: How has your life been different than what you imagined?
1: I'd probably have to say um, the fact that I live in Kansas now, uh, being born and raised in New Jersey, and actually... Uh, just not coming out to school here, but staying afterwards, making my
0: life here. You you had no concept that you would live anywhere other than New Jersey when you were growing up.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's just—I mean, there's not many people who live in that area that actually leave. They 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 stay. I mean, I still know people who barely have gotten out of New Jersey at all. So, I mean, it's just—it's kind of like a a trap. Per se, but I mean, it's not bad. It's just it's a small summer resort town, so people, you know, they like they like it.
0: But they when just, we went to go visit there, I thought it was a great place. I could see why people would want to stay there.
1: It's 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 nice. I guess it's just the the attitude of the people that I don't particularly care for. It, everything's a rat race. Like my mom says, she said I'm too kind of a soul to live there. So. I don't know about that, but.
0: Well, people do, they they do speak rather directly there. There, There's no him hawing around. You know, they'll they'll pretty much say what they think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. They get to the point. No sugarcoating anything.
0: I I think my life is different than what I wanted because uh, growing up, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be like a science fiction writer, and I learned real early that unless you're Stephen King, it's really difficult to make a good living that way. Mm. Most writers are just surviving from one work to another. But I enjoy programming computers, and I'm pretty well self-taught, but it's... It's a good career and it, it, it makes enough money to support myself and I'm unemployed right now, but I hope I have a really good prospect for a job and it's probably what I'll continue to do the rest of my life.
1: Hopefully yeah. Hopefully tides will change soon. What um what are you proudest of in your life?
0: I guess that would be when I got the Lifetime Achievement Award from the local gay community. The same year I got the Bear of the Year Award, I think, from American Bear Magazine. Both, they were both type uh, sort of like Lifetime Achievement Awards. I remember standing in, behind a podium in front of a whole bunch of people giving a little speech. Um, thankfully the lights were so bright I couldn't see how many people I was talking to. But it did seem at the time I was what my thirties, maybe? That it seemed like it was too early for to be getting a lifetime achievement award. But I guess I was appreciative that people thought well enough of me to, to do that.
1: that's Something you should be proud of. I guess you're posing the same question to me, or yes, I i it sounds lame, but I i guess winning a national champion my being a national champion my senior year in, in high school in rowing, I guess, would be the proudest. I mean, it, it kind of paved for my life went after that because without that, I wouldn't have got a scholarship at WSU, which state university, and I would never wound up in Kansas. So, you know, I guess it's. It's it's kind of nice being number one and the best in what you do, nationwide too. So, yeah, I would say that's probably the proudest i well, most proud of.
0: So your team was the number one team in the whole nation. That year. yeah. Wow, that's quite an accomplishment. Yep. You do you have a like a trophy or a medal or something? Medal, gold medal. Wow. I know you have lots and lots of medals, but I didn't know that that was one of them. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. It was my senior year down in Alexandria on Lake Occoquan, in Virginia.
0: Can you remember a
1: time in your life when you felt most alone?
0: Yes. That would have to be the day that I was raped. It was with the man I was living with. He, We had quite an abusive relationship. He was abusive physically and emotionally he was he was into wrestling a lot and he held me down in a pin that i couldn't get out of and raped me so horrible it it's a little difficult to talk about but i i think it's important to n- not not carry on the stigma uh, of such a thing, so I will talk about it. He, I, I was, I, I felt totally, totally helpless. He had me pinned down so thoroughly. I I. I was hurting. I, I begged for him to stop, but he laughed. He seemed to Pleasure from, from, from my my pain, and it, those were those were days when you you couldn't talk about that, and a, as a gay man, I couldn't I couldn't tell couldn't any kind of authorities. Or anything. I, I probably would have been stigmatized more than he was for for that. I felt completely alone. I I shut my... When it happened, I kind of went mentally into a- another place where I was detached. And it was like those things were happening to somebody else. And I never quite came back from that after that. Every time he was in the room, I, I was... I wasn't there. Uh, mentally, I was somewhere else. It, it, it was just a few weeks after that that he left. I, I, he, I'm sure, saw how toxic things were, were getting. And uh, he packed up his things and he left. After a few months, I met another guy. He was a big guy, a, a really big guy. He had what I call cannonball arms. And he made me feel safe, and I'm eternally grateful that that he came along at at a time that I needed to feel safe, and probably saved me.
1: I've you, you've told me about this in the past. It, it still breaks my heart every time I hear it.
0: Can you remember a time when you felt the most alone?
1: No, no, I, I nothing really. To compared to that I, I just um
0: well it's not a contest
1: i know it's not a contest i'm sorry i didn't mean to say it that way no i i always anytime something really bad ever i've always had friends and family around me uh, i've been very very fortunate with that i've always been surrounded by my loved ones everybody even when you're around your loved ones you can be alone So I guess, you know, that's not fair to say. But nothing just like off the top of my head really comes up.
0: So you've always been surrounded by good friends and you've never never felt alone. No. no. You are so fortunate.
1: I've been very fortunate.
0: Most people at some time in their life have felt totally alone, even in a room full of people. Yeah, I know. No,
1: I, I, you know, I, I know that I'm very lucky. In that regard,
0: what do people misunderstand about you the most?
1: Hmm, that's a very good question. Probably that I I don't maybe that I come across as harsh sometimes, and I don't mean to be. I I I don't. You you
0: get a lot of good questions this time around. I think that's probably it.
1: I I would I would imagine.
0: I know that you tell me sometimes at work. You because you are a pawnbroker, there are times you have to turn people down and say i'm'm I'm, I will not give you money for that, yeah, and that they seem to take it personally that you that you're that you're saying it as an affront to them when really it's just a business decision
1: yeah, yeah, I mean it's it, that's the whole idea of pawnbroking is you bring me something worth of value and I give you cash. So if it's not something that I can turn around and sell, then I'm not gonna give you any money for it. So yeah, I guess yeah, I guess that would be what I probably get most misunderstood about. Or they like you said, they take it as a personal attack on them. And it's not. I could care less. I honestly could. I mean it's just I'm doing my job. I I don't own the place. It's a job. But yeah, that's that's a good point. What do people misunderstand about you most?
0: Well, I have anthrophobia, which means I'm extremely nervous when I am physically close to other people, that, especially ones that I don't know very well. And I think people believe that I hate people, that that it's you know that I just don't like people. It's not that I don't like people, it's just that I have a phobia of being around them perhaps it we've talked about this uh, uh, phobias are typically things that you have from childhood you don't develop them as an adult i don't remember being that way as a child but it's definitely a phobia that i have to deal with now and perhaps it's because of that rape
1: yeah i think that probably has a lot to do with it
0: that's just a theory but it's probably Occam's razor says uh, all things given the simplest answer is probably the right one. And so I think that's probably why that phobia developed in me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I could see that completely.
0: But I don't hate people. I'm just nervous around them. Mm -hmm. I know. What's one lesson life has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point
1: but life's not easy it's not a it's not a storybook world that you well i I guess everybody doesn't learn that Uh, but you have to grind uh you got to make it happen everyone has trials and tribulations some are worse than others but you can't trivialize someone else's you can't compare and contrast because what doesn't matter, what doesn't seem big to you could be the worst thing in the world to someone else. So you shouldn't trivialize what other people are going through. You know, life's on a holiday. It's, uh, there's ups and downs. There's great, there's, there's good, there's bad, and there's everything in between. Just hope that you remember that you have more goods than downs.
0: Well, I think that a lesson life taught me Is that there's a lot that you have no control over, and you just have to let it go. Perhaps with age comes wisdom. I'm I'm a bit of a controlling person. I like to know what I'm getting into. I I like to have a plan. I like to have an escape route. Perhaps all of my years in Boy Scouts taught me you know, to plan ahead and always be prepared. But you can't always be prepared. And sometimes life happens and you just have to let it go.
1: Yeah. yeah, That's where me and you differ quite a bit, too. You you want everything planned out and I'm more of a uh, by the seat of my pants type of person. Would you agree with that?
0: Yes, definitely.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's where we are, different there, too. What keeps you up at night?
0: Everything keeps me up at night. I wish that I could put a key in my head and turn the key and turn my brain off and just let me sleep. That's just the way it is for me and it I I it'll probably never change, but I I everything keeps me up at night. Hmm. What about you?
1: I'd probably say the same thing. I can't turn my brain off. I don't think I'm quite as bad as you are, but I I just uh I just can't turn my brain off. I'll I'll think about things and just stupid things too. Uh things that are so trivial you know, Um things that just don't matter and I'll fret over them.
0: You suppose that's a universal human thing that Everyone stays up at night wondering about... I think so.
1: I think it's just part of life.
0: Perhaps it is.
1: Yeah, I think so. If you were to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about?
0: Well, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a science fiction writer. If I was to write a book, it would be a, a science fiction story, and I would say it would probably be a Star Trek story that's not really very out there because there are thousands of books with Star Trek stories. After the series, the original series ended, people wanted to continue it. Pocket Books published hundreds and hundreds of books, and there's been probably thousands since then. So I guess that's not such an outlandish idea. I just wish I had the uh, time and the talent to do that. If I was to write a book today, it would be a Star Trek book.
1: I have no idea what I would write. I've never even thought about what, what kind of book I would ever even. Yeah, I, I don't have the forethought or wherewithal to do anything like that. I I just don't have any idea what I would do.
0: Well, if not fiction, would you write an autobiography?
1: Yeah, I mean, if any, if anything, it'd probably be that. Talk about my life. Yeah, autobiograph. Autobiography. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, I want to be able to do fiction.
0: Well, we've got a bit of that now. Um, We're doing this podcast. Yeah,
1: I suppose so. Yeah.
0: If you received a very large sum of money tomorrow, what would you spend it on? Bills, (laughs) back debt. You you don't have a. Big elaborate fantasy of how you would spend your life if you were rich.
1: No, not really, because I just know it's never going to (laughs) happen. I. That sounds so pessimistic, but I. just It's never going to happen, so I've never put much forethought into it. I guess that's kind of sad, but. No clue. I've never put any thought into it, really. I mean, everybody you know kind of talks about it, I guess, but I've never really thought about it. I mean, probably a car. I. I don't know. Just, I don't know. How about you? What would you do?
0: I would spend that money on a pandemic, like a big pandemic, like finding a cure for AIDS or finding a cure for malaria. And I understand Bill Gates has a lot of money, and he's doing those things.
1: Yeah, and I think he said. I mean, he has a lot of funds. I think he said when he he passes away, he's not he's not going to will it all to his children. That most of it's going to be spent on the benefits that he started with the and his ex, oh, I guess now ex wife.
0: That's uh, maybe it seems like an obvious answer, but that's really really what I would if I had a ton of money. No,
1: no, and I could see you doing that. I mean, that's that's who you are. I could see you doing that.
0: I suppose I would also build like a a nice house, like a big holodome um, with a big swimming pool in the middle and and everything. And I would invite people who've been kind to me (laughs) in my life and my family to come live there with us. Mm. But... I would think I would rather spend the bulk of a, a big sum of money like that trying to cure a pandemic and, and help lots and lots and lots of people. That's awesome. Are there things about me you've always wanted to know but never asked?
1: No, no, I've, I've always been pretty forthright and about my questions with you. And I know that if I do have a question, I can always ask you. So, I mean, it's not like I've been holding one in the in my back pocket waiting to surprise you or anything like that. How about you?
0: Oh, there's nothing you're, like, afraid to ask? No. You you are pretty good about asking questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Much to your sugar in.
0: <laughs> Even in times when I don't feel like answering. Yeah. How about you? The, is there anything I've... That you've never told me, but I I would want to know about. Yeah. I've never really asked about your times before you came out as gay.
1: Yeah, I suppose.
0: I do know that you had girlfriends, but I've never asked about them or anything. It seems like... A, a very distant thing in a different lifetime that really has nothing to do with you now. So I've never asked about those things.
1: Yeah, it is. It's almost like a whole separate life. You can anytime you want, but it's, it's nothing. It's icky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is there anything that you've never told me, but you want to tell me now? No. No. Are you setting me up? You, you, no. You you don't seem to be the type of person to leave things unsaid.
1: No, no, that's 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 part of my charm and part of my problem. <laughs> How about you? Is there anything that you never told me that you want to tell me now?
0: I should have thought about this. I'm I'm glad that you came into my life. I think perhaps if we had met earlier in our lives it wouldn't have worked out so
1: well. No, oh, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, I I think we came to a time in our lives when we are able to accept the things that we can change and the things that we can't, and the fact that we're so 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 very different. I I think we are better prepared as adults to deal with that now than we would have in our twenties and thirties. Yeah.
1: I, I think we we would have gotten along at all. I don't think we met early in our lives. So, yeah, it's very fortunate that we did
0: meet when we did meet. What do you think the world will be like in five years?
1: That's a scary question. But you know what? I'm going to look at it the bright side. I think we're going to have all major pandemics pretty much taken care of.
0: So you think that coronavirus will be over in five years?
1: No, I think the coronavirus is going to be here just like the flu. But I think th- there's there's not going to be so much infighting. Uh, there's going to be a better way of taking care of it. We'll have more knowledge hopefully by then about it. Hopefully people will be getting along. I'm trying to look at a positive because part every bone in my body is screaming that it's not going to be good. But I'm trying to be positive on this podcast about this. I'm trying to change my attitude and outlook on stuff like this. But I'm hoping that it's got to be better than it is now. It just has to be.
0: Well, I think in the next five years, I, I, I do see a path of the people in our country becoming more selfish. and. More angry and less helpful, I don't know I, if I was to predict, I would say there's probably some kind of big huge disaster that will come along that will bring people together because that's what people do
1: Kind of like a nine eleven
0: well, do you remember after nine eleven people were helping each other mm-hmm it, it was a it was a bad time, but people made it better mm-hmm since the previous presidential election, it kind of lowered the bar for people. Mm-hmm. People are nastier now than they've ever been before, at least in my lifetime. And I just, I I think something's going to come along that's going to have to bring people together, or we're not going to survive.
1: I hope so.
0: They say that, most democ- democracies end after about two hundred years, and we're way overdue so if if we want to keep the kind of government and society that we have in the United States, um, people are going to have to come together in some way. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what do you think the world would be like in fifty years?
0: I can't even imagine. Both of us will be long gone by then. Yeah. Any, any impact that we could make won't be around. I I hope that we end up with a Star Trek future. Mm. Sometimes I secretly wish that uh, an alien civilization will come along and, and fix our problems for us, um, end hunger, end want and need but you you can't depend on that to happen like, like you I, I hope 50 years from now people are are better that society in general is better
1: yeah
0: what do you think the world would be like in 50 years
1: I, the same i hope i hope that it's uh, better i hope there you know there's no famine poverty Pop- I don't forsake it being that way, but that's what I hope for.
0: Well, I just read the other day that the world population has gone down for the first time. It's about time ever. We have nearly eight billion people on this planet. and I've read, I don't remember from where that scientists say probably the best sustainable population is half a million people so what do we we talked about this the other day how- How many times people do we have
1: four hundred fifty million more than we should no,
0: no, no, there's almost eight billion, billion. people, sorry, yeah, so that would be what four thousand times as many people as there should be
1: no four hundred fifty million more times than there should be on this earth yeah, that's how that's how we figured it out, I think, and our math is probably wrong, but that's yeah. Something like that. It was something crazy.
0: So our population will have to go down, lots and lots and lots, for a long time to be to get to a sustainable level,
1: mm-hmm.
0: unless we move off to other worlds.
1: Oh, well, that's that's what they're talking about with Mars and all of that. And I don't know. I don't know.
0: I I don't know that Mars will ever be. I mean, they, they talk about terraforming Mars to, to make it like Earth. With a lot of work, create oceans and atmosphere and everything, but they'll never be able to create a magnetic field, and people won't be able to live outdoors on Mars.
1: No, no, they'll be indoors. Like you said, terraforming.
0: Any chance of getting off-world and staying there, I think, would depend on some way of visiting other stars and other planets Mm -hmm. but that's probably even more than 50 years down the future
1: oh yeah we have we we don't have the technology now for it
0: you and i will never live to see that no but then again you and i never thought we would live to see us getting married either so that's true sometimes things change in ways Mm -hmm. that you can't predict it really would be nice to have United Federation of Planets come down and save us.
1: I love you. <laughs> so, what is your favorite joke right now?
0: Okay. What did one gay astronomer ask the other gay astronomer?
1: I don't know. What?
0: What do you think of Uranus taken as a whole?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> the best part of their jokes, guys, uh, who's listening, is how proud he is of himself after he tells these jokes. That is the funniest part. So. (laughs) All right.
0: I guess that's enough for this week. This is Kura. And this is Bear. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Bear and Kura podcast, a production of the Land of Oz Information Services. We can be contacted via email using the address podcast at oz.com. And Oz is spelled A-W-E-S. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.